Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. The message is the request of a wayward man. Now, when I mean wayward man, we're not talking about a lost man as far as his heart. Probably just lost in the world a bit, just doing his own thing and needing God's help. So, I guess you would say the theme of this message this morning would be seeking God when in trouble. When in trouble, even if it's of your own making. Alright, the late D.L. Moody once said, I have never met a man who has given me as much trouble as myself. And I agree with that. You know, a lot of our mistakes are uh, just due to our own selfishness, stubbornness, uh, desires, whatever the case may be. But the question I have here is, does God hear your prayer and help you after you've made a mistake? Well, let's find out, because we're going to find a man who did make a mistake. And he eventually turned to God, and God blessed. So, let's look here. We're talking about the request of a wayward man. And the person we're going to talk about is Jehoshaphat. Uh, This man here was a king of Judah. I believe he was a good king. But even good people can make mistakes, uh, and he did. And we're going to talk about that to begin with. The request of a a wayward man, we're going to look at three thoughts on his prayer. And the first one is, is, it was a prayer due to foolishness. A prayer due to foolishness. I have two thoughts I want to share with you on this. First, he got in trouble because of the company that he kept. You see, Jehoshaphat was a good king, but he had a weakness. He chose poor friends. And those friends got him into some trouble. Uh, His choice in friends, folks, led him to some of the situations that he got into. Now, friends can help you. If you pick good friends, they can be a blessing. But if you pick poor friends, they can hurt you. They can hinder your walk with God. And that's what we find here with Jehoshaphat. You know, often we talk to children about be careful of who you choose as friends. But even as adults, we've got to be careful of whom we trust in, whom we have friendship with. And he made some poor decisions. And in this passage here, or in this situation, uh, his friend that he listened to was Jehoram. And that was the king of Israel at the time, which was just up north. The kingdom had been divided. You had Judah where Jehoshaphat was king, and you had Israel where Jehoram was king. And Jehoram had no love for God. Now, he had gotten rid of the idols in the land that were set up to Baal, but he never looked to God himself. So we're talking about a man who had no love for God. And what we find here is Jehoram, in our passage here, wanted to make war with Moab. Basically, he was looking to gain back something he had lost. And we can relate to that in our world today, can't we not? A king making war because he lost something or wanted something, and that's what he's doing here. He wanted this land back. He wanted the people. He wanted the money that came with all this and the resources. So what he did is he convinced his buddy, Jehoshaphat, the king down south, to join him. Now, why did Jehoshaphat join him? I've often wondered. Uh, Only he knows in God. But let me give you a few thoughts. Maybe it was due to what we'd call family obligation. See, Jehoram was family in a way. Uh, basically, Jehoram's... Let me, let me give this here so I get it right here. Jehoram's dad was an ally with Jehoshaphat before Jehoram became king. And also, Jehor, Jehoshaphat's son had married Jehoram's sister. So, in a way, they were now part family. 
And maybe he felt an obligation to go with him because of family. You know, sometimes family can get us in trouble, right? Not always, but sometimes family can get us in trouble. Uh, and we just got to understand that. We've got to be careful. Maybe it was just due to friendship. Maybe he thought, hey, you know, Jehoram's a good guy now. He got rid of the idols. Now we can be friends. You know, friends can get us in trouble if we're not careful. Uh, here's another thought. Maybe it was due to just his personal feelings. Uh, we do know in scriptures that Moab had previously attacked Judah. Maybe this was a little bit of a vendetta. He's going to go back after him now. Now he's got a chance to go back and pay him back. Uh, whatever the case, uh, here's something to think about. This was not his fight. And he joined anyway. Now I think that's foolish. You know, there's enough trouble in the world to go find more trouble. Let's put it that way. And that's what he did. He went and joined a fight that didn't belong to him. There was no advantage for him to win this, really. But he was going to join anyway because he was encouraged by his friend to go with him. Now, I could probably go on a political rant here, but I'm not going to. We'll just leave it at that this morning. But you know, there's a lot of lessons here we find, not just for leaders, but for us as individuals on being careful of the company that we keep. Because if we choose the wrong friends, we could end up going the wrong direction and get ourselves into some trouble. Uh, So here's the thought here. Choose your friends wisely. Uh, Poor friends may encourage you to partake in something that you have no business doing. And that's what we find here. Uh, obviously, you think of the sins of the world, alcohol, drugs, other things that can ruin your life. Friends can push you in that direction. But also, friends can just influence you by the sin that they're involved in, what they watch, what they listen to, uh, what they read, and so forth. And so we just got to be careful of that. Or if we're not careful, we can support sinful style, lifestyles and sinful ways. And we just got to understand the danger of that. So that's the first thought here as far as his foolishness. Here's the second one, and that's his confidence in himself. Or maybe he had confidence in Jehoram. Here's something I noticed, and maybe you picked up on it too. Nothing indicates that any of them talked to the Lord before they went forward. And that's a big problem. They didn't seek God's counsel. They didn't seek God's advice. They didn't go to God. They didn't, leave. They didn't even look for a prophet until they got into trouble, as we'll see. But they didn't look for God, to God for direction. Maybe that's why they got in trouble. Because they weren't looking to God. They basically did what they thought was best. And that's what Jehoshaphat did here. He did what he thought was best. Now, let me give you an illustration on this and the danger of this. Going forward in life without God... Kind of like walking in darkness. Uh, you may get it right on occasion, but you're more likely to get it wrong, to stumble, to run into something, to fall, actually hurt yourself. And that's what we find here. We find a man who went forward without seeking God and found himself in some trouble. Let's go over to Proverbs chapter 3. Let me show you a passage here. Proverbs chapter 3, and then we'll get back to our text. and. Look at what we find Jehoshaphat doing here. But let's go to Proverbs first, chapter 3. And it says here in verse 5 and 6, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Let me stop there and just give you a thought here. This is so easy to read but difficult to do sometimes. It's so tempting to lean on our own understanding, what we think is best, what we see. But here we're told to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. 
lean not unto our own understanding. That's verse 5. Notice in verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. All thy ways acknowledge God. Acknowledge him. Seek him. Ask him. Follow him. And then he says, he'll direct your paths. You know, this proverb was written before the event we've just read. Had Jehoshaphat just followed the biblical advice here, he probably wouldn't have found himself in the trouble he found himself in. That's the challenge for us, to follow the scriptural teachings. In other words, not trust in our own understanding. Not go out and do what we think is best. Let's make sure it's God who's leading. Make sure it's God who's directing. And, and the best way to do that is just simply talking to God. Asking God for direction. Walking with the Lord and following Him as He leads. And just trusting in Him and the Lord will bless. Let me give you an illustration of how easy it is to do our own thing and the trouble we can get into. There's a story told about a dad on vacation with his family. And he was taking him back to an area that he was from, wanted to show him around. You know, he wanted his family to see where he grew up. And so he took him back and he uh, was driving on the road and he's getting ready to take a shortcut. And there was a sign there, a big sign on the, the shortcut that said, uh, road closed, do not enter. He thought, what are they talking about? He said, yeah, it's kind of a rough road. He goes, but I know my way. So he went around went around the, the sign, even though his wife told him not to several times. And he went forward anyway, and he kept going. And after about a mile or two, he's kind of you know proud of himself. You know, everything was fine. And he would cut off a lot of time and be able to show the family this backwoods area. Well, all of a sudden, he had to hit his brakes because he came to a bridge that had been washed out. So, of course, he humbly backed up his car, turned it around, went all the way back. Well, he got to the road where he turned off from where that sign was and as he pulled up on the back side of the sign it says welcome back fool is what it said <laughs> to, to add to the humility is what we find there uh, you know that's how life is sometimes we we get going we do our own thing and then we have to humbly come back to God and ask him for help that leads me to my second thought here and I want to give you a thought here he he prayed to God. And we're going to talk about his prayer more here in a minute, or his seeking God. But he did this despite of the fear that was taking place. Let's go to our passage now. We're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 3. And let's look here at verse 10. It says, And the king of Israel said, Alas, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Okay, this is where things start to get interesting. You want to know about someone? See how they act under pressure. And that's what we find here. We have two kings, two men. They both want the same course. They both are dealing with the same problem. But we have two complete different reactions. And here's the first one. We're going to talk about Jehoram's reaction. This is the reaction of the fearful. I guess you could talk, say it's the reaction of the worldly person. The one without direction. The one without God. The first thing we find here is notice the despair. Uh, that word, alas, that's an expression of pain. That's what that is. That's a, an expression of, we're in trouble. You know, kind of, oh, wow, oh, man. And he's expressing himself here. In a way that says we're done for. So what we find immediately is despair. In Jehoram's mind, there was no hope now. They're in trouble. 
Now keep in mind, this was a real problem. I mean, they were without water. And you got a whole army to, to provide for, and they're without water, and there's no sign of any water in sight. They couldn't find any. Uh, on top of that, they're the ones who let them out in the middle of this problem, the whole army. And now they're without this water. So he's saying, we're done for. And, and then notice the defeat here in his attitude. He says, this is verse 10. The Lord hath called these three kings together, and notice he says, to deliver them into the hand of Moab. He basically says, we're done. Well, we're finished. He's got a, what we call a defeatist attitude. Uh, that attitude is the, the attitude that says, why try? Why care? Why pray? It won't matter anyway. Folks, that's the attitude when we don't have God in the picture. Because the Bible tells us with God, all things are possible. You see, that's the attitude of someone who's not looking to God. And that's what we find here with Jehoram. He was defeated. Because he had, in his mind, nobody could help him out. Nobody could give them the answer that they're looking for. And, and then finally, the third thought on Jehoram that I'll give to you is what I call disoriented. He was disoriented because of his fear. Notice who he put all the blame on. He put it on God. Isn't that interesting? He says here, The Lord hath called these three, these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Let us consider this for a moment. He says, First, the Lord has called all of us together. That's not true. They didn't seek God's counsel. He didn't lead in any of this. They went because they wanted to go. They freely joined together. They had a plan. They had an idea. Jehoram thought, we're going to go conquer this place. We're going to uh, go get everything back that I wanted. It had nothing to do with the Lord. Yet he's quick to blame God for the problem. And then here's the other one. He said, God led us into this, basically saying, God has brought us here and God's going to lead us into defeat or into this uh, captivity of Moab. That's not true either. God didn't bring them there because they didn't pray to God. They didn't ask God. You see, they went without seeking God's counsel. But here, here's the thought here, folks. Uh, sinners are quick to blame God for the problems in their life. And we find that even today. You know, Adam, let's go back to the book of Genesis. You know what Adam did when, he, when God confronted him with his sin? He says, here's Adam's words in Genesis chapter 3. He told the Lord this, he says, The woman thou gavest to be with me is the one who caused me to sin. You know, basically he's blaming his wife first. You know, I guess men have been doing that ever since sometimes. You get in trouble. He blamed his wife first, but then he even blamed God. He said, it's the woman you gave to be with me, Lord. That's, that's why we got in trouble here. You know what we find? That sin, full nature, begins to oppose God. Begins to just look at God and blame Him for the problems. When in reality, it's us. See, they went out there. They did. They made their decisions. But they didn't want to accept the responsibility for the problem. So, here's a few thoughts on this. First, let's be careful of this attitude. Even as Christians, we can get this way. We can begin blaming God for our problems. Oh, Lord, if you wouldn't have allowed this to happen, then we wouldn't be in this situation. Well, we can't blame God for those things. God's in charge. God cares for us. He loves us. He's working all things out. Now, if it's due to our own decision-making, then it's, it's our fault. We made the problem. We made the mistake. So when we blame God, we're acting like the world, basically, is what we find. Now, we're going to look at a king here who chose to look to God instead of blaming God. And that's Jehoshaphat. See, he had a decision he had to make. Did he want to continue with Jehoram? 
and blame God, or was he going to now look to God? And that leads me to my third thought here this morning, and that's the prayer of faith. And this we're going to really see the challenge here. We find determined faith. Okay, he made a decision now. He's out here. They're in trouble. There's, there's a problem going on. One of the kings says, we're done for. We have no hope. God's going to lead us into defeat. He's going to take us into captivity. But Jehoshaphat had a different mindset. And this is where we can really be encouraged this morning. And this is a prayer of faith, determined faith. What we find is a man who had confidence in God. Even though he was where he was not supposed to be. Even though he'd made a mistake. He still had confidence in God. Let me start first with his heart. Let's go over. We're in 2 Kings, but I'm going to go over and read one passage in 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 17. And the book of Chronicles kind of... They go together, the book of Kings and the book of Chronicles. And if you're taking notes, I'm going to read 2 Chronicles 17, verses 3 through 6. 2 Chronicles 17, verses 3 through 6. Because this passage tells us a little bit more about Jehoshaphat as a person, who he was. Not just what he did as king, but who he was. It says here in verse 3 of chapter 17, And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked... In the first ways of his father David, and he sought not unto Balaam, but sought to the Lord God of his father, and walked in his commandments, and not after the kings or of the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand, and all Judah brought to Jehoshaphat presents, and he had riches and honor in abundance. And his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he took away the high places and groves out of Judah. Okay, we're talking about a man who loved God. That's what I want to point out this morning. We're talking about a man who had a heart after the Lord and who God blessed. Okay, the first thing to take away from this is nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. So we got to make sure we don't have the thought of, well, I could never do that. I admit, I've been guilty of that before. I see someone do something, I'd never do that. I'd never say that. Let me give you an illustration. I remember before I had children, there were a lot of, I'd never do that. My children would never do that. Well, I'll just leave it at that. Not that my children are bad, but you know, as children are children. They're just, it's life. And as parents, nothing is perfect. But you see, here's the thought here. He made a mistake, but he, he had a heart after God. He loved the Lord. And this morning, if you're saved, that's where it begins with, is making sure you're saved. Making sure you have a heart that belongs to God. That begins with the understanding of sin, that you're a sinner, that you sinned against God. And that sin needs to be forgiven. You need, to, you need God's forgiveness. Not just the forgiveness of someone you might have sinned against, but God's forgiveness. And that comes through what we call repentance. The Bible teaches repent and believe. In other words, having a change of mind of your sin, change of mind of who you are, change of mind of God, and then receiving Christ as your Savior. Faith, that's the faith part, believing. Receiving Christ into your heart, and you're saved. The Bible teaches you're saved. If you've done that, you're saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, we don't read anywhere as far as Jehoshaphat's, what we call his conversion or his salvation. But at some point, he put his heart after the Lord. That's what we find. And he had a heart after God. And so because he had a heart after God, he loved the Lord. But what we find is he wandered a bit. He wandered a bit. Again, we've already talked about it. He had poor choice in friends, and they led him to make some poor decisions. Turn with them, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 12. Let me just show you what the Bible says in the New Testament 
of how God deals with His children. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7 is what I'm going to read here. When you get over there, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, what we find is that God will chastise His children that that wander, that go in error. And here in verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteth not? But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure, but he to our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. You see, what we find here is the teaching of basically God disciplining his children. Now, let me just share this with you. Discipline is not breaking somebody. It's not destroying somebody. It's not mean and cruel. It's directing them. Getting someone back on course. Getting them to go the right way. And there are different ways that someone can be disciplined. Different ways to chastise someone. And by the way, God knows the best way to chastise us. He knows us. You know, God knows you personally. He knows your fears. He knows your cares. He knows your concerns. He knows how to get you back on track. And God knows how to direct you. And in this case, we take this back to Jehoshaphat. You know what God did with Jehoshaphat? He let him go a little ways first. He let him wander some. He let him get out there in that wilderness. He he let him get into trouble. Knowing that he would eventually turn back to him. But God let him go. So that way he would learn a little bit of chastisement, a little bit of direction. And what did Jehoshaphat do? He turned back to God. You see, when God chastens us, if you're ever in a situation, and by the way, whenever you have a difficulty or trial, the first thing to do is say, Lord, is it I? Have I made a mistake? Am I doing something I shouldn't be doing? And then if it is, just repent. Forsake that sin or get back with God and walk with the Lord. What Jehoshaphat did is he turned to God. So we talk about his heart. He had a heart after God. And because he belonged to God, God was going to deal with him. God was going to work in his heart. And God permitted him to go, but God was going to bring him back. Here's the second thought on his prayer. We're going to get back to our passage now. He had hope. He had hope. You know, Jehoram had no hope. He said, we're all done. We're all in trouble. We're defeated. Not Jehoshaphat. What did he say? He said, is there someone here that can talk to God? Is there a prophet of the Lord? And that's where our passage takes us back here to verse 11. He said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him. So he looks at these kings and says here, is there not a prophet of God that we can talk to God or take a message to the Lord? You know, the thought being, with God there's always hope. They're in the middle of nowhere. No water, no hope. Jehoshaphat, instead of getting discouraged, said, is there not someone that can take a message to God for us? We need God's help. You see, he understood that God could help him out. He understood that God was powerful, that God was mighty. You know, this morning, don't let the world discourage you from going to God. That's that's the thought here. He could have been discouraged by the fearful king. He could have been discouraged by all that was going on. But he wasn't. He went to God. So don't let the fears of this world discourage you from seeking God's help. Don't let the conclusions of the world. You know, there are going to be people in this world that say, Oh, God can't help out in this, or God's not going to hear you. Says who? My God hears prayer. My God answers. 
Jehoshaphat believed it and he went to God. So don't let the conclusions of the world keep you from talking to God. And don't let the direction of the world keep you from going to God. Go to God. Take your prayers, your concerns to God. And that's what he did. He had hope in God. Here's a third thought. There was a hindrance though. And here's what I want to share with you this morning. He was wayward. What I mean by wayward, he was out of the way now. He was where he was not supposed to be. Uh, I guess say on a mission where he didn't belong. And he may have wondered, will God hear me? Here's something to think about. It was late, but not too late. So he looked to God. You know, God will hear your prayers, is the thought. Even if you've made a mistake, God will forgive you. God is a forgiving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. You see, God was going to give him right counsel, what to do. God was going to direct his course, let him know where to go. Because God was going to hear his prayer, and God was going to answer. So here's, here, here's something to consider with this. You, you may make a mistake in life, okay? You may neglect something. That's what he did. He neglected seeking the Lord before he went. You may neglect Just because you make a mistake or you neglect something does not justify what I would call persistence in that. In other words, here's the thought here. Should should have he talked to God? Yeah, he should have. Okay? He probably thought that too. He probably thought that, hey, you know, we should have talked to God already. He probably understood that. But he didn't talk to God. That was done. That was finished. That was in the past. Nothing could change that. So here's the next question. Should he continue without talking to God? No. That would have been the biggest mistake of his life. You see, just because you make a mistake doesn't mean you can't receive God's forgiveness. And if you make a mistake, don't persist in the mistake. That's a thought there. If you neglect something that you should have done or you make a mistake, don't don't continue in that direction. Seek God. God's there to hear you. God's there to help. And that's what we find here with Jehoshaphat. He made a mistake, but he didn't continue. He looked to God, and God blessed him. And that's my last thought here, the help that he received. You see, God gave him help. Let's look at the passage just real quick and see what happened. Verse 13, they went down to Elisha. And verse 13 says, Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? You talk about a bold prophet here, folks. He looks at the king of Israel and basically says, What are you doing here? I got nothing with you. Now that's pretty bold to tell a king that. But Elisha was God's man. And he says, What are you doing here? He says, I have nothing to do with thee. Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. He, he still has a defeatist attitude. You know, Elisha looks and says, What are you doing here? Go pray to your false prophets. Let's see if they help you. And the king says, oh, no, no, we're, we're doomed. We're done for. And then it says here in verse 14, And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee nor see thee. But now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. So he looks upon these kings and he tells the king of Israel, he says, What are you doing here? And then he looks, he says, If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, there would be no message from God. Isn't that interesting? It was the man who belonged to God who would receive the blessings for all of them. Folks, God is gracious and merciful. Not just to us, but He even blesses the world through us. 
And that's what we find in this occasion, on this passage. But they had to look to God. They didn't look to God, they weren't going to receive those blessings. And that's what he had to do. And then the rest of the passage tells what took place. Basically, God provided a miracle. He told them what to do. And they went out. What they did in this occasion is they went out and they dug these ditches that they were supposed to. The water came and filled them. And not only did they receive water, but they received a victory over Moab. All because of God. Not because of them, because of God. So, here's the the final thought for you this morning. This passage does not justify foolishness. You know, okay, it doesn't justify that I can just go do what I want and God's going to bail me out. Uh, It doesn't teach that. This passage teaches that God will honor and bless those that seek Him by faith. Even if you've made a mistake. Even if you've went the wrong way at some point. In other words, you don't have to be distraught in life. You don't have to be discouraged. You know, in the world today, you know what we find in the world today? The world today, if you make a mistake in the world, you're done. I mean, people today lose their jobs. Now, obviously, if someone doesn't work, then they probably shouldn't keep their job, and I'm not proposing that. But, you know, people have made one mistake, and they're having a hard time finding a living because of one mistake. There's no forgiveness in this world, very little forgiveness. You know there's forgiveness with God? God forgives. God forgives sinners. I praise God every day He forgave me of my sin. I praise God every day that I'm forgiven. I don't deserve to be forgiven. But God forgives sinners. Home pray He's forgiven you this morning. You sought His forgiveness. If you have, you're forgiven. No, the devil may try to bring your past back. You may even have friends sometimes that might try to bring your past back. But you can say, you know what, I'm forgiven. God forgive me of that. Give me a new life. God's blessed me. Well, you know... This morning, I hope and pray you're saved. And then afterwards, you know, God will still forgive you if you neglect something or you make a mistake. God will forgive you. You see, God is a righteous God, but He's also a loving God. He's a merciful God. He's a caring God. And He loves His children. And He forgives us and He hears us and He helps us. You know, Jehoshaphat went the wrong direction at the wrong time. Found himself in a bit of a bind. If you're looking from the outside, you would say there's no way he could get out of this one. And he probably realized that too. And he went to God. And what did he find? He found forgiveness. And he found help. You know, this morning, maybe that's what you need. Maybe there's something in your life that you just need some help with. Maybe it's not that you made a mistake. Uh, if you've made a mistake, maybe you, you need some help. But, but it might not even be that. It may just be a trial or something you're dealing with that you just need God's help with it. Well, I can tell you this. God will help you out. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.